Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. So there was a pastor in Montana who approached the end of his ministry and had made plans uh, to move to a larger city just to make sure his health care could be proper, etc., and, and, and the thing was, in western Montana, and Pastor Don knows this because he's from Montana, there's a lot of extra room, so he'd had a horse. But he knew it was probably time to sell the horse, too, because he couldn't take it to the big city of Billings. And so advertised the horses for sale, and a guy came along and said, yeah, you know, tell me about the horse. I think, I, you know, it's time for me to get a horse. So the pastor said, well... You know, I'm sure you know the basics. He said, the main thing you need to know with this horse is that in order for it to go, you know, you don't say giddy up or whatever people say, but he said, in this case, you say, thank God. And when you say, thank God, that horse takes off. The guy said, okay, that's cool. He said, what about when I want it to stop? What do I do then? And if that pastor said, it's easy. You say, amen. So, you know, it's a Christian horse, so, you know. Thank God, it goes, amen, it stops. No problem. So the transaction was handled, taken place. The guy had the new horse from the pastor. Uh, He takes it home and decides to go for a ride on his new horse. And they're going along and going along and going along, but he's in some new territory at this point. And all of a sudden, he sees this cliff coming up, and the horse is going at it. And he goes, stop! And the horse keeps going and, you know, halt! The horse keeps going. Then he remembers the pastor said, you got to say amen. So he yells out, amen! And right at the end, edge of the cliff, the horse stops. The guy is so relieved. He goes, thank God. What does that have to do with the sermon? (laughs) Nothing. Just getting your hearts and minds ready now to receive God's Word, okay? We've been talking for a lot of weeks about the parables of Jesus. We're calling them the greatest stories ever told because in these stories that Jesus tells are some of the great wisdoms and insights into the things of God, the spiritual stuff, right? And so we're continuing that today, and then next week is actually going to be the last sermon in the series. But I pray that you've found them to be helpful. Uh, Somebody was here for the first time last night, and they said, you know, where can we get more of that? And I said, go to our website. You can find the uh, recordings there as well, or the podcasts, like we mentioned, in the different ways to stay connected. But today we want to talk about, and it's in your bulletin outline, On the page where it says sermon notes, the parables are listed there. They're two of the shortest parables. I'm going to spend more time with the second one, but I need to address the first one. They go together. Uh, But I mentioned it briefly a few weeks ago, but it's the one where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. 
And then he says that, you know, the mustard seed's the smallest of seeds, and then it gets planted and it grows into this large plant. And basically, what he's saying there is that those little seeds, those mustard seeds, are representative of God's kingdom, and that God's kingdom is intended to grow. Now, the people who heard it the first time didn't have the same kind of perspective that we do, did they? We can look back and see how God's kingdom has grown, but I'd like to say to you today, it's not done growing. Because you see, the kingdom of heaven, God's kingdom, it's the same words could be used in either case. So when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, he's saying God's kingdom is not stagnant. It is not stagnant. It is meant to grow. And so... I just want to spend a couple minutes on this to say this, is that Jesus gave us the great commission and the great commandment. That's a part of our mission statement. It's where we get the phrase, love God, love people, and make a difference. We understand our faith in such a way that we are to share it. We are to announce it. We are to proclaim it. And there are different ways of doing that. And the question I'd like to ask you is, where can you see evidence of the kingdom of heaven growing today? At Good Samaritan and beyond, okay? We were fortunate to be well positioned for the pandemic because we started live streaming, for those of you watching on YouTube and uh, Facebook, long before the pandemic hit. We had insightful people in the congregation like Jesse Taylor who said, you know, there's this little camera for a few hundred dollars that can help you broadcast your services. And so we were doing that before the pandemic hit. And then what we discovered, of course, in the pandemic, for a long time we couldn't even meet together, right? And so the only way of worshiping was worshiping virtually. But we're still doing that today. So in fact, some of you that are watching online right now, if you'd be willing to type in on Facebook or on YouTube where you're watching from, it would just be interesting to see. At the 8.30 service, for example, we had people watching in Tennessee. We had people watching in Pennsylvania. We had people, uh, where I'm missing somewhere, California, Florida, uh, as well as all the folks from Good Samaritan who watch here in Las Vegas and Henderson in North Las Vegas. And so what we've discovered over time is that the Good Samaritan family has extended beyond the Las Vegas Valley. Our church council and your staff here at the church uh, met a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to be meeting again in a few weeks. And one of the things we're going to be working on and planning for in the year ahead is how do we further expand our digital community? Because the reality is, well, the pandemic's still ongoing, obviously. And so there are still people that choose to worship at home, and we don't say that that's a bad thing. We're, we're trying to say, how can we make that better? How can we expand that ministry? It doesn't mean we're going to neglect the in-person ministry at all, but we know from the people watching online, sometimes it also happens this way. People move from Las Vegas, and they don't find a church home right away. We would never tell them not to go look for a church home wherever they move, but if they're not finding one, at least connect with us this way. And so there's evidence of the kingdom of heaven growing today at Good Samaritan just in the online community. And so for those of you watching online today, thank you. We know you're there. We appreciate that you're there. Share your prayer requests with us because we'll pray for you. 
And we want to develop other ways in the year ahead that we can also connect with you, but then it's also there for you, because sometimes you're on vacation, right? Or just not feeling well, and so there are ways we can do that. Our school, we planned for the year ahead on the basis that we would have 257 students in our school. Do you know how many? Pastor Don, what's the number right now? 336. Planned for 257, there's 336. Is that growth? Yeah, it is. And the thing that happens besides the great education that they get every day is that there's Jesus' time every day. Pastor Don mentioned that. They're growing not only in their academic uh, area of their life, but also in that spiritual area of their life. Do you think there are any people that live within a five-mile radius of Good Samaritan who don't have a church home? Yeah, there's a bunch of them. A bunch of them. You think there are any people in Nevada who don't have a church home? The United States? rest of the world? God's kingdom is meant to expand. It's meant to grow. It's not done growing yet. And I believe the parable of the mustard seed is that call and that reminder to us. He was letting the early disciples and the early followers know that what they were becoming a part of was going to turn into something big. And there's still room for growth. A lot of people say it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe. I don't believe that. Because if it were true, then why are we even here if it doesn't matter what you believe? I believe with all my heart as a Christian pastor that what we believe is what Jesus taught and what makes an eternal difference in everyone's life. I believe that God loves his kids I believe that Jesus went to the cross to die for his kids' sins. And by the way, that's all of you and everyone else too. And that part of our responsibility is letting people who don't know that yet know that. And give them the opportunity that you've already taken to walk with Jesus Christ in your life. Okay, that's the parable of the mustard seed. Now let's move to the parable of the yeast. Read it with me. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. That's what yeast looks like. Now, as I got ready for the sermon, I, uh, of course, I had to do some studying, which we do, obviously. And I, I couldn't remember what I learned about yeast a long time ago, decades ago. So I had to figure it out. And I was reminded that yeast is a single-cell organism that comes to life when it comes into contact with water. Now, I've got to put this down to say this. Last night, the service is not on YouTube or, or Facebook on Saturday night, so I felt a little more free to say what I was going to say. And I said, I'm probably not going to say this Sunday morning, but I decided to just go for it say it Sunday morning. When yeast is introduced into bread, what happens? The moisture in the bread brings the yeast to life. And then it starts to eat something. What does it eat? Sugar. All right. 
Here's what I debated saying. Kind of saying this for my son who might be watching right now. I'm going to give you two options. I'll say one. I think you'll figure the other one out. When the yeast eats the sugar, it burps. Or you could say something else, but we won't go there. Because it produces what? Gas. You're never going to eat bread again. That's why I started the Whole30 diet this last week. I started doing this sermon and going, oh my gosh, I'm eating stuff that a living organism has burped or whatever into. That's what makes the dough rise. Good luck with lunch today. In the old days, pre-Jesus, in Israel, yeast was seen by the religious leaders of the Old Testament as something that corrupts. And so when bread was going to be used in a sacrificial way, in a religious ceremony, it was never bread that had yeast in it. It was unleavened bread. Have you heard that phrase, unleavened bread? With no yeast. So it was flat. Sometimes they chose to make unleavened bread just in their daily life because it was easier, it was faster to do that rather than putting the yeast in and having to wait for the bread to rise, okay? And we see evidence of that in Paul's writing in the 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with what? Corrupted things, corruption, malice, and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So those religious ceremonies prior to Jesus had unleavened bread, no yeast. That's why when Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, the people had to go, Oh, my goodness, what is he saying? Because they knew the religious ceremonies. And imagine if some Pharisees, some religious leaders were listening. They already knew that he was saying stuff and doing stuff that was not the norm. And now he says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is like yeast. Okay? Is that a good question? we've been doing a little history stuff here. What in the world does this have to do with you today? There are different interpretations of the parable. It's one sentence. I listened to one pastor preach for 55 minutes. You're only going to get 54. Um, So yeast was seen as something that corrupts and why it couldn't be used in religious festivals. Yeast comes alive when it's introduced to what? Water. Moisture. The H2O in the dough. Who is working the dough in the parable? A woman, it says. Many times there are references to the Holy Spirit in God's Word that are feminine and characteristic. God the Father is referred to in masculine language. Of course, we understand God the Father is not a human like us, but that's how we understand things. 
Jesus, obviously, is God who became true man, true human. The Holy Spirit is given some feminine characteristics. Yeast is, in their view, corrupted. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. So already they're going, what is he talking about? Here's what, I, here's what my take is. Do we have sin, you and I? Raise your hand if you have sin. Yeah, you all should have raised your... If you didn't raise your hand, you've got a sin. It's called lying. Um, <laughs> we've all got sin in our lives, and yet when we belong to God through Jesus Christ, we're forgiven of our sins, right? Does that mean we'll stop sinning? Probably not. No, we will. It's why we ask for forgiveness. Are we therefore corrupted? Yeah, in that sense. We say that we're saint and sinner simultaneously. Okay. Whoops, can't remember where I put the clicker. Where did I put the clicker? In my pocket, thank you. It's usually where I put my glasses, too. Jesus said, John 4, Whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I think what's going on in this parable is Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like the Holy Spirit taking the yeast which in my interpretation is you and me. Corrupted and yet changeable because of the moisture, the water that's Jesus in the dough which is him, which is now the kingdom of heaven that is expanding. Okay? You have been touched by Jesus Christ who says, I, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Jesus is the water of life that brings the corrupted me into a new life, the corrupted you into a new life through him. And I know it's a little hard maybe to get your head around this, but we do not become sinless, but we become forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. And that's what the church is all about. And it's about proclaiming that good news, that your sins have been paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross, and because they've been paid for by him on the cross, you can have life, and you don't have to thirst spiritually. Does that make sense? Then Jesus said a couple of chapters later in John's Gospel, he said, I am the what? The bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Not only is he the water that gives life, but he's the bread that satisfies spiritual hunger as well. And so Jesus is telling the story that this kingdom of heaven is like yeast, us, that gets mixed into Christ, and through Christ we are given what we need, which is forgiveness and redemption through him, so that now with him and with the Holy Spirit, together, we become the church that is called to grow as God's kingdom in the world. Think about that. Jesus knew that yeast has beneficial purposes. And Jesus also knew that what was expected of the Messiah was not what came. And so when he said, 
this parable of the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, I think it was another signal to say, I can do something that nobody else expects. And I can take people of all kinds and all flavors and all shapes and all backgrounds, because by the way, there's 500 varieties of yeast. And there's all kinds of varieties of people, aren't there? And God's Holy Spirit and Jesus at work in our lives through his Holy Spirit can take each and every one of us and mold us into that partial loaf that's part of that bigger loaf, which is representative of his kingdom. And so the takeaways I'd like you to think about. First, Jesus brings you to life. Jesus brings you to life. The real life that we're meant to have, that abundant life, that full life that the Bible talks about, that is all there in the, in the New Testament, isn't going to come on our own and isn't going to come because of what we do. It's going to come because it's the kind of life that God has designed for us and for you. And when we walk into God's presence because of that gift of faith that he gives to us, and we let Christ be at work in our lives, and we understand that those things that, you know, a couple of the songs this morning spoken to that, there's just stuff that can hold us back, right? That Jesus has already paid for. That real life can come. The other thing I think we can remember is that the kingdom of heaven is still expanding. God's kingdom is still expanding. We are not called to be stagnant here at Good Samaritan. You're not called to be stagnant. God doesn't want you in a rut. A rut is just a grave with the ends kicked out. That's not what God wants for you. Not what he wants for us. We can't rest in our laurels in this new sanctuary and say, all right, we've done everything we're supposed to do. We've built a sanctuary after 43 years. No, we've built a sanctuary, and now there's God's future ahead. And that'll be here on campus. It'll be online. And who knows where else it might lead? Because we need to stay open to what doors God might be opening and the last thing I'd like to say is you're an important part of it, whether you're here in person or watching online. You are an important part of it. That is part of who you are when you belong to God through Jesus Christ. I understand you've got a career. I understand you might be married. You might have kids and all of that. Yes, I've got all of that too. But the part of us that's going to live on forever is the part that we're called to help build with for God's kingdom. I don't know exactly how that's going to happen in your life. But I know that God presents opportunities. Pastor T.D. Jake once said that an opportunity for you and how you use it is then your gift to God. Some of you have been given the opportunity of time, of different talents. Some of you have been given financial opportunities. You know, I don't know. Every, it's different for everyone. But what you do with those opportunities is your gift back to God. And that's how God's going to use you uniquely to help build his kingdom. So, in closing, God's grace God's amazing grace, his gift, and what he gives to us through Jesus Christ is what washes us clean, what makes the corrupt clean and whole and perfect in him. And then he uses that to help build his kingdom. I think that's what's going on in the parable of the yeast. And I pray that that might be helpful for you in your own walk 
with God today and all the days to come. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now that we understand that you are a tremendous, tremendous, awesome God who has given to us your love, your forgiveness, and your grace. You've taken that which corrupts us and made it whole through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And because he lives, we will live forever too. And I pray now that you'd give us those kingdom eyes, kingdom eyes to see the opportunities in front of us to help us individually and corporately grow your kingdom that's like a mustard seed and that's like yeast. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.